Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Economics Design Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by our guest, Pablo Veyrat, co-founder of the Angle Protocol. Angle is the first decentralized, capital-efficient, and over-collateralized stablecoin protocol with a TVL of approximately $50 million with over $8 billion in transfer volume. It has raised $5 million in funding from investors like A16Z and is also being explored as a payment solution for institutions in Europe. Angle went live in November 2021 and is really at the beginning of its journey as a protocol. Now, for more information, I would highly recommend checking out the website. It is very well done and extraordinarily detailed, uh, while also being comprehensive for non-crypto savvy investors. So with that said, Pablo, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Harry. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. And do you want to start off with introducing yourself, please? Definitely. Yeah, uh, with pleasure. So hi, everyone. I'm Pablo. I'm a co-founder of Engel. So I'm French uh, and you will hear it from my accent. So sorry if, if my English uh, is not uh, perfect here. I'm pretty young, you know, I'm, I'm 25. I used to be a student at uh, Stanford University in the US. And before that, I was uh, I did my undergrad in France. Uh, so I have basically an engineering background and uh, you know, I um, started playing around with DeFi when I was still a student. Uh, uh, when, when I discovered this ecosystem, uh, I was amazed by everything you could do. The fact that you could rebuild completely a new finance, a more efficient and a more composable finance. And late in 2020, uh, I was having fun on Compound because I had some USD stablecoins I could invest. And I realized I was subject to a change risk uh, when investing my USD stablecoins because I was making a 4% yield on USD on my USDC, but the dollar was decreasing with respect to the euro uh, and so basically I lost money and this is what like made me want to create a euro stablecoin to cre- to to give uh, the opportunities to everyone in the world to enjoy DeFi without having to care about this change so this is I, I got into DeFi by the uh, academic world uh, you know uh, from, from my studies I had crypto classes and then it's because I felt that there was a real need uh, for non-USD stablecoins that we decided with some friends to go on this adventure and it's been more than two years we're super excited to be uh, to to be in here, it's been a roller coaster, and we are only getting started. Great, yeah, sounds very exciting. Um, from from the start to currently where the project is at. Um, so for today's conversation, Pablo, I'd like to do something a little bit different on the podcast. Um, I'd like to spend the first half discussing how the protocol works, why people should use it, and why it's different from other protocols. And then for the second half, I'd like to explore information that's not on the website. So information, unique information that you have learned over the past couple of years. Um, that I would like to ask you about. So whether that's about fundraising, managing competitors, or convincing institutions and lending protocols to incorporate the stablecoin, these are all topics I'd love to cover with you. So do you want to start us off by telling us how the protocol works? And uh, yeah, a brief overview about how it works. Sure. Um, So maybe before going deep into uh, how Angle works, uh, it's a bit useful to understand what a decentralized stablecoin is. Uh, Angle is a decentralized stablecoin protocol. So a stablecoin, it's a cryptocurrency uh, designed to keep uh, a certain value, like a USD stablecoin is designed to be worth $1. A euro stablecoin like AG euro is designed to be worth one euro, but I could make stablecoins back to anything. There are different ways to do stablecoins. The centralized way where I accept fiat in my bank account and I issue a stablecoin and the decentralized way. decentralized way, it's that uh, of Maker, of Frax, uh, of Maker with DAI, of Frax, uh, and of Angle. Uh, decentralized stablecoin protocols are machines that 
take crypto assets, uh, volatile crypto assets as a collateral, and that an output as an output makes something that is stable. And what we all try to do as builders of decentralized stablecoins is something that is uh, stable out of something that is volatile. Uh, now, how Angle works, uh, and there are different ways to do this. But one other thing to understand about decentralized stablecoins is that there is not one mechanism for uh, each decentralized stablecoin. You know, Maker is a multi has multiple different mechanisms that allow the issuance of DAI and that allows DAI to keep its $1 peg. It, the same goes with Angle, and, uh, and, and I will go and explain um, what are the different main mechanisms behind uh, AG0. So, The first mechanism, and it's the one with which we raise funds, uh, we can come back on this later, uh, and that is a bit uh, unique uh, to Angle. It's what we call the core module. Um, you can mint HGRO at Oracle value from USD stablecoins like USDC, DAI, FRAX, and then the protocol hedges uh, itself against the USD euro exchange risk, you know, because we have US stablecoins, uh, USD stablecoins in assets and euro stablecoins in liabilities. This is what we owe to, like, people interacting with the protocols. And we need to hedge ourselves against this, you know, change risk. And the way we hedge ourselves is by uh, issuing perpetual futures. We are selling away the USD euro volatility of the protocol to other agents, other people which are coming to long the dollar, uh, short the euro, and thus make the protocol delta neutral. There is another layer of security in the protocol. People can come, lend money to the protocol uh, in exchange for uh, a yield. Uh, and these people so are over-collateralizing the protocol. They are insuring it for the case where the protocol is not hedged against the USD euro change risk. And they are making money. They are like Uniswap liquidity providers, but without any risk of impermanent loss. They are making transaction fees because uh, when you mint and burn stablecoins with Angle, transaction fees are charged. And these people that we call standard liquidity providers are getting transaction fees. And uh, they are also getting a portion of the yield the protocol is making on its reserves. Angle is more than a stablecoin protocol. It's also a yield protocol. You can use it to get a yield like you use Yearn. And by using Angle as a standard liquidity provider, you are using Angle as if you were using Yearn, except that you are receiving not only interest, but also transaction fees. So I'm sorry if it's a bit complex and I'm sorry if, if I went a bit too fast. Don't hesitate to interrupt me if you have any question. But this is the core module of Angle. This is the core idea that we launched. Uh, we built it to be capital efficient, uh, but over collateralized, which is, you know, really an innovation in the decentralized stablecoin market. There are two main other ways of issuing a zero, two other main mechanisms, which are more common, uh, like that you have on Maker, that you have on Frax. There is what we call a borrowing module, which is like Maker collateralized debt position model. You can borrow a euro, you know, put ETH as a collateral and borrow a euro uh, against another collateralized position. It's pretty standard, except that we've made sure that we innovated, uh, that our liquidation features are more efficient than what Frax or uh, than what Maker is using, and that it's more borrower friendly. So Pablo, why don't you walk us through those three pillars um, once again, but providing an example comparing that to a DeFi protocol. Core module, the equivalent is Uniswap, uh, except that Angle is the liquidity provider. Uh, minting a zero like in a swap from any token with no slippage and just some fixed transaction fees that the protocol has to take otherwise it could be front run. So core module, uh, a zero can be minted uh, like Uniswap and you have a guarantee that uh, your swap will always be at the euro value of the token uh, you are using to swap it. Borrowing module equivalent is Maker. You can borrow a zero against ETH uh, like you borrow DAI against ETH on Maker. And then we have what we call the direct deposit module. It's a bit more complex. Maker and Frax have that. It consists in saying that 
the protocol can mint AGRO in other protocols and you can borrow or use uh, these AGRO that are minted by Engel on other protocols. To make it uh, more concrete, uh, Engel is minting AGRO on Aave and on Euler. These AGRO are not really in circulation. Uh, they only come in circulation when they are borrowed by other people on Aave and on Euler. So the third uh, equivalent, like direct deposit module, you have to see it as Engel becoming Aave Euler or also Curve, depending on where we are uh, minting the AGRO, you know. So it's something which people do not understand really well, but it's key in the functioning of all decentralized stablecoin protocols. And Frax, for instance, 90% of the Frax protocol is direct deposit modules that they call algorithmic market operations. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's, it's a little bit more complex than the traditional DeFi protocol we've seen, right? Because it has those added elements to it, as you just explained. Why don't you walk us through why you created the protocol and how it's different from some of the, some of the more common protocols or protocols that resemble your protocol? Sure. So the, the reason why we created uh, Angle was that it's, it's twofolded. The first reason is that um, we thought that if we did not do it, no one would take the time to create a serious decentralized euro stablecoin. There was clearly a gap, something that was missing in the market. Market, uh, and we thought, well, we, we need to do it because it's been two years, three years that stablecoin exists and no one has ever done a euro stablecoin. That's the first reason. And the second reason was that we believed, uh, because we have the mathematical background for this, that we could improve our existing decentralized stablecoin protocols. You know, our core module, uh, what I described to you, the Uniswap equivalent for, um, I mean, the mix of Uniswap, Yearn and GMX. It's more accurate like that. We believed we could improve over how Maker worked. We could do better than them. And it's true, like Engel is 30%. It's not a 10x improvement, but I, I, I'd say it's 30% more efficient on everything it does than uh, other like people uh, and other similar protocols uh, in the ecosystem. So no one would have done the euro and we believe we could do better. This is what led us to launch uh, Engel. And wh what was the second question again? No, no, that was it. That was great. That was it. Okay, cool. No, that's that sounds very exciting. And um, it's great to see new types of innovation built on new types of innovations, right? We see a blockchain technology and then an innovative piece of technology built on top of that. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's the point uh, of DeFi. And you, I'm not saying we have invented new primitives with Angle. Uh, the only new primitives in the space were uh, lending markets, the first decentralized stablecoins and uh, AMMs like Uniswap. These were the real innovations. And since 2020 or even 2019, no one has really innovated in the space. People have just iterated uh, over uh, big breakthroughs. And and this is what we've done. But right now for us, the focus uh, is really how can we bring the next wave of innovation that is going to drive a new bull market? Uh, we don't want to live on the old narratives of 2021. Uh, we believe that the space can be much more than what it is right now. And and we, we must and we can do better in terms of what the, the type of product that exists in the market. So this is what drives us now uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, you, you spoke about the future of DeFi here and some places where you think it could grow. Do you want to share a little bit about, based on your experience, where you might see DeFi continue to progress in 2023 and what elements or characteristics do you think will, will really define a successful protocol? And is it simply more adoption or, or is there something else here at play? So where I see DeFi growing is in everything that has to do with real world assets. First thing, I don't believe that the term DeFi for decentralized finance is the good term here. Uh, because there is a bias towards decentralization. Uh, I'm not saying that decentralization is bad. I'm saying that by relying on decentralization full-time, you are making uh, certain trade-offs which are not optimal when you think of the long-term adoption of 
DeFi. Uh, I prefer to use the term of open finance or just finance on blockchains. It's, it's less sexy. The, the marketing aspect of it is not as good as, as DeFi. But uh, at least this is what we really want to develop. You know, uh, at Angle, we are developing decentralized protocols. But w where uh, I see the biggest innovations and the space growing is towards new financial elements brought on-chain, but potentially in a centralized way, which is not bad, as long as it is better than everything that is done in traditional finance. Um, and where I see the uh, opportunities of growth uh, Uh, in 2023, it's in all the frameworks that will bring more elements, more primitives of traditional financial markets on blockchains. And this is what I care. And so how can protocols be successful around that? Uh, the protocols that will be successful for me is the protocols that will be able to, well, first solve the chicken and egg problem around like to be able to create at scale and to incentivize people at scale to come uh, to create these new primitives. Uh, you know, for instance, Curve has been really good uh, or Iniswap to create uh, alternatives to the Forex market on-chain, um, on like off-chain Forex market is a market which is super inefficient. You have a lot of different marketplaces. It's not always open. On Uniswap, you can trade Forex 24-7 and there is a central uh, single marketplace which makes it more transparent, uh, cheaper for everyone. You just need more liquidity now. But um, protocols that will succeed are the protocols that will be able to provide these frameworks uh, to, to come, uh, to, to that incentivize people to come on blockchains and the protocols that will keep innovating. Uh, I, I feel that if you don't innovate and if you are just copy-pasting other protocols, there is no chance that uh, you, you succeed in the space. It's not all about marketing. There are still some tech elements to be found and some legal aspects of it also. So the protocols who will nail legal uh, will, uh, will make a big difference as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I'd like to just take a step back and go back to the Angle protocol for a moment. Could you share and identify some of the risks on the user side of using the protocol and how the protocol manages these risks? And basically people, um, pardon me, concerns people should be aware of when using and engaging in the protocol? Sure. Um, so uh, I'd answer the easy way, the main risk, and it's the risk you have by interacting with any DeFi protocol. It's the smart contract risk. It's the key risk, uh, and it's the risk that it is so big right now in DeFi that the interest rates you can currently have in DeFi are too low with respect to the risk premium uh, you should have to accept to make it worth it to use DeFi. So um, we never comply. Um, we never play around with, with security. Everything is fully unit tested, uh, code is audited. We've been ranked by um, independent uh, security teams as one of the best protocols when it comes to our security practices. You know, we do everything we can to mitigate that as a core team, but also as, as a community behind the protocol. Like there is the smart contract risk. There is also the economic risk. Um, the risk that uh, if you don't pay attention to it, um, can expose you to the same attacks that happened on Aave uh, with um, Uh, Avi uh, Eisenhower, I think, who uh, played around with the CRV and the exploit of Mongo markets. This is a kind of risk that you need to be prepared to, you know, people manipulating prices to uh, um, use the, the code you've made and to use your protocol in a way that you didn't think of in the first place. And we all like th this kind of risk appears whenever you are accepting a new collateral in the protocol or whenever uh, the protocol updates a certain risk parameter for a certain collateral asset. It's uh, a risk that only, you only have in lending protocols and 
stable protocols. And this risk, how do we mitigate it? We have automated tools, you know, whenever um, a parameter is updated, automated tools that can detect whether or not um, this is going to pose a threat. Uh, and it's automated. It could be even more automated. Uh, you know, we could have uh, detect liquidity to see whether um, in which conditions uh, liquidation uh, will have a hard time happening on the protocol. So I'm being pretty technical, but just to say that it's being thought of as well the economic risk. And the other risk, um, it's the risk linked to any stablecoin protocol, you know, the DPEG risk. Uh, like, you know, DAI has a risk of DPEGing, FRAX has a risk of DPEGing. And you just have to know when this risk starts to appear. And just like, you know, USDC has a risk of DPEGing as well if Circle were to, was too close. And so the protocol uh, lies on certain assumptions that have always been verified uh, and that always held true. But um, in some, some there are some scenario in which uh, age zero, just like die of frax could fail. These are super well identified, uh, identified. So it implies a decrease in price, liquidators not coming, or um, for the angle case, uh, a decrease in the dollar price, not enough uh, what we call aging agents, ensuring the protocol against the USD euro change risk, standard liquidity providers all leaving the protocol. So you need you need a consequence of some elements, which you know, can be once, once this starts, uh, the protocol has the way to pose everything and to make sure that a zero holders remain whole. But so, yeah, this is that's why I, I don't consider it's the biggest risk because it's identified. And if the scenario in which this arrives uh, were to, to restart, people and governance, the angle governance could react to stop everything uh, and change the normal operations of the protocol. So this, this is my answer, you know, smart contract risk, economic risk and really protocol design risk. Uh, but it's the same for any protocol, any stablecoin protocol. Okay. And, you know, I want to jump into a little bit of a conversation here about building the, the product itself. Um, so, you know, as, as I mentioned in the introduction, it's only been out for a very short period of time, uh, relatively speaking. So could you share some of the challenges building the protocol um, and, you know, what it's like to fundraise for a DeFi protocol, what it's like to onboard team members, some details there. So th there is, uh, I'm a bit biased on this because there is fundraising in the, in the bull market and fundraising in the bear market. Uh, fundraising in the bull market, it's, from our experience, it was pretty easy, you know. We, we raised with a PowerPoint uh, and a small demo of uh, the protocol. It's been super, super easy for us to raise. And what helped us to showcase our value, because, you know, uh, the, the game of VC is a game of asymmetric, uh, of information asymmetry. VCs do not know how talented you are, and when you are doing a seed round or pre-seed round, they are more betting on the team than they are betting on uh, the idea. Uh, because many people have some ideas, but it's only a matter of how you are executing this idea. And what really helped us when we were raising funds is continuous conversations with VC and being able to show them that we were progressing uh, on, the on the subject. Uh, we didn't come to see them with a fixed uh, idea that did not evolve. We came to see them with a product and the week after we had a different product because we iterated. And this was the best signal we could have sent on our ability to iterate um, and to uh, to do something uh, to really execute well, you know. They just based themselves on the best decision what they saw and what they saw was good because on a month and a half, we had uh, done kind of a lot of things and so this is important you know like when you're raising funds do not pause everything keep developing your product because VCs see that and VCs see that you are executing uh, and that you can execute 
Um, this is the best advice uh, I can give. And then when it comes to building a product, the complex thing as well in, in DeFi is that the space moves so quickly. Uh, uh, and, you know, sometimes you want to do something, but uh, then the hot thing is no longer the big thing. And I've seen many protocols who wanted to launch stable coins, but then wanted to do bonding because Olympus was a trendy stuff. Just follow, follow your gut feeling and remember why you're here. Just don't build because of the Twitter hype, build because of what you, f what, what you feel uh, will be the space or what you feel the space needs. And I have a pretty high conviction on, on what the space needs. And this is what I shared on Real World Asset and so on. Mm -hmm. And so let's, let's talk about implementing uh, the AG Euro in lending protocols and other institutions. Uh, tell us about that battle. So, you know, launching a stable coin is like launching a new standard. Uh, no one has incentives to use your standards unless other people use it. So it's kind of fighting the chicken and egg problem. Uh, decentralized stablecoins have this asset is that they can put incentives to fight the chicken and egg problem. Uh, you know, if you put incentives, you can grow to the state where lending protocols will start looking at what you are doing. This really helped us and this helped us be integrated on, like not be integrated because it's permissionless, but have decent liquidity on decentralized exchanges. Uh, on, uh, on Uniswap and on Curve, Euro managed to grow because of the incentives. And then once you, 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 you get uh, so decent liquidity, it's easier to build network effects, you know. Uh, and in our, in our case, it's been kind of easy once we had the liquidity to be integrated. I mean, not easy, but it was easier to um, integrate Aave, to integrate Euler, even though Euler is permissionless. Um, the reason for this being that there was really no Euro opportunity out there. And if you are the only one, the only big player uh, doing Euros, well, people may want to borrow a euro to short, uh, to short it, uh, or people may want to lend euro to get a yield. And so the, the value proposal is, uh, is more uh, obvious. But uh, in DeFi, um, I feel that there is no protocol that has a strong market fit. Um, why do people use Aave? Well, it's unclear. It's mostly uh, because they want to be able to borrow to farm uh, another token or to borrow to get to get a leverage. Okay, it's cool, but does it uh, really make a big? Uh, is it really a game changer? And people will still will will people still use it in twenty years? No. So it's the same for us. You know, like we're selling something which has no clear value at the moment. I mean, it it has a value because it's euro, but it doesn't have a. A it's not a, a tremendous no-brainer to use AGRO. So that's why my, my point is that it's hard uh, to integrate AGRO when there is no clear uh, thing except just guys hold euros uh, because you're using dollar and you're exposed to exchange risk. There is, it's cool, you know, it's 30% better to use the protocol. It's better as a European to use AGRO and this is what helped us to market it to institutional. But there is no killer app, you know, uh, that you, you can use um, just with AG or just like for me, there is no pure DeFi killer app uh, that make it really a no-brainer. And if we had these apps, the, the TVN in DeFi wouldn't be 40 billion, it would be uh, hundreds or thousands of billions. Uh, and our goal right now is to create the killer app that will make it far easier to integrate AG Euro in, in many places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited to see the, the protocol continue to develop. I mean, the website's absolutely wonderful. I mean, going through it, everything about it, I like the analytics, the documentation, all of it's really wonderful. And I would highly recommend people check that out. Um, and also it's what again just excellent detail excellent amount of the you know there's a, there's a, there's the details there's the too long didn't you know too long didn't read section which is also good for you know beginners in the space overall I you know, highly recommend um two more questions here for you Pablo first one do you have any hot takes about the defi space or uh, finance in general that you would like to share or any uh, ambitious predictions so my prediction is that uh, nothing much will happen in 2023 people will keep building 
but uh, the strong the like the strong protocols now are the ones that will do great things in 2023 it will be unnoticed in 2023 but these will be the winners of 2024 so um, I'm a terrific trader. I'm not able to tell you whether there's going to be a bull, a bear, uh, when it's going to happen. Uh, I, I don't trade. Uh, I have my stack, but I don't hold it. Uh, just to say that um, I feel right now there is less noise and winners of tomorrow are the ones working today. I'll have to have you on the podcast next year and we'll have to see if you're right. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it's not a controversial take. Uh, everyone agrees on that. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not being too divisive uh, with uh, with this. Yeah. Uh, but no, my, my hot take is, uh, again, uh, around the tokenization of real world finance stuff. Uh, this is going to be the next big innovation. And if you have any other hot takes, you, be, you believe of what, what will happen. I, I don't believe that undercutalized lending is uh, the panacea. Uh, I don't believe that this is what is going to create a new era, a new way for DeFi, because for me, it's not so scalable uh, at this point. Uh, I do think that what will work is really frameworks to tokenize stuff and people can trust that uh, there is in custody the tokenized stuff with proof of reserves or, or things like that. Once we have that, then we need people to grow liquidity for the tokenized stuff and to create more utility and good products and so on. This is my, my, my thesis. Mm -hmm. And last question for you here. Um, what's next for the protocol? What should people keep an eye out for... Um, what's what's next for the agenda? Many things, man. Many things. Um, no, I can share uh, three products uh, that will be that we will release uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, so first, we are been working on a feature to allow people to borrow a euro from any liquidity provider token, any LP token that is generating a yield, uh, and they will be able to get the LP token in just one click. Just one click, come with the RP token, borrow uh, a or even get leverage on it. Right now, we supported, you know, we support any asset that is rooted on one each, but now you can come really with any curve LP token or probably any balancer or LP token to borrow a GRO. I'm not saying it's a, really a game changer, but it's a DeFi optimization we needed to, to, to play around with. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, there's probably a gold stablecoin that is coming. We have uh, all the expertise with Euro, and so why not use it for other stablecoins? So gold is coming, uh, a bit of alpha here. And uh, we are working on a new framework to incentivize Uniswap liquidity, uh, Uniswap D3 liquidity. It's hard to incentivize Uniswap liquidity as a protocol because liquidity provider positions are uh, not uh, ERC-20 tokens that you can put in a classical conventional staking contract. We have developed a system that is more efficient uh, than using just Gamma or using just Arrakis as a way to wrap uh, Univ3 uh, LP positions. We hope that this should make uh, Angle and AGRO the liquidity hub on uh, Univ3, this, uh, this new system. Great. Okay, I'm very excited to, to, to see these continued innovations. Pablo, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It was great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks, Ari. It was a pleasure to discuss. All right. Thanks, everyone.